Shalom, everyone. This is Luke Tanner with Zion Hebraic Congregation. Today's Shabbat message is by me from Isaiah chapter 58. Feel free to check us out on our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. There you will find blog posts by my dad, as well as archived Shabbat messages and links to our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Enjoy. Mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does All right, Shabbat Shalom. So if you want to go to Isaiah chapter 58. Yeah, 58. Um, We're going to go through 58 and maybe 59. We'll see how far we get. I basically want to read them and just talk through them. Um, I don't know. I've been reading through Isaiah and it's an awesome book. (laughs) It's very pathetic. Prophetic, not pathetic. It's prophetic. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, there's so much good applicable stuff, things that are going to be happening in the end time, talking about the Redeemer, salvation, Yeshua, Zion, and all these awesome things, and um, dealing with the hearts of the people um, and their attitudes, and um, just super good applicable, applicable stuff for us today. So, We're going to go through it. So let's go ahead and pray and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for Shabbat. I thank you for this time to be here. Um, I thank you for your word that we can read it and learn from it, apply it to our lives, grow, um, build your kingdom. I just pray that you would um, use your spirit in us to uh, strengthen us along that journey. Uh, You've given us all that we need and I just thank you for that. So help us just to stay on the path of righteousness and work accordingly. So in Yeshua's name I pray. Amen. Okay. So Isaiah 58 verse 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily, and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me ordinances of justice, and they take delight in approaching to God. Wherefore have we fasted, they say, and thou seest not. Wherefore have we afflicted our soul? And thou takest no knowledge. Behold, in the days of your fast ye find pleasure, and exact all your labors. Behold, ye fast for strife and bait, and to smite with the fist of wickedness. Ye shall not fast as ye do this day, to make your voice heard on, to be heard on high. Is it such a fast as I have chosen? A day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head? as a bulrush and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Wilt thou call this a fast, an acceptable day of the Lord? Is not this the fast that I have chosen? To loosen the bands of the wicked, to undo the heavy burdens, and to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house? When thou seest the naked, that thou cover him, and that thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? Then shall thy light break forth as the morning." And thine health shall spring forth speedily, and the righteousness shall go before thee, and the glory of Yehovah shall be thy reward. 
Then thou shalt call, and Yehovah shalt answer. Then thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, the putting forth of the finger, the speaking vanity, if thou draw out thy soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then thou shalt, thy light shall rise as a, a rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. And Yehovah shall guide thee continually, and satisfy thy soul in drought, and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose water shall fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build thee old waste places. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. Thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath. If, if thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath the delight, the holy of Yehovah, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words, then shalt thou delight thyself in Yehovah, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of Yehovah hath spoken it. Just awesome. It just keeps going too. It just keeps rolling. It's like there's not really a break where you're like, okay, we can pause and talk about that. You know, you got to keep going through because it just keeps layering and rolling on itself. And you know, God speaking to His people. So He, He, the first thing He says in the beginning here is verse one: Cry aloud, spare not, lift out thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. And what we see in the next couple of verses is, you know, they're seeking Him daily. They delight to know His ways. Uh, a nation that did righteousness. Oh. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> killing my train of thought here. All right, so, um, so they think they're doing everything right. They, they say, you seek me daily and delight to know my ways. A nation, they ask for me ordinance of justice. They take delight in approaching to God. They, they fast and they say, uh, how come you don't see we are afflicting our soul, but you don't take any knowledge. Behold, the days of your fast, you find pleasure and exact all your neighbors. So what they're doing is they have a superficial lifestyle of righteousness that doesn't penetrate to the core of who they are. They don't really recognize that they actually have a problem. They're doing these things to gain status, to gain favor, to gain position, to get what they really want, to feed their own greedy inside self-righteousness. And they haven't come to the fact and the understanding yet that they're really wicked and they actually need Forgiveness. They need to repent. They need to be humble. They need to humble themselves because they are a disaster. And they're not, you know, they're fasting, but they're not fasting because they're actually broken inside. They're fasting, you know, crying out for mercy and for asking for forgiveness and repenting. They're fasting because they think it'll gain them status and gain them position. And this is the same thing because you'll see, read little, uh, little things in here. Ah. Uh. Where is it? That's okay. There's probably, there's little verses and snippets in here. If you pay attention, that it's very much like what Paul said and very much what, what Yeshua said. And when he was talking to um, the religious leadership of the day, you know, they were preying on the people. They were bringing sacrifices. They were fasting and doing all these things, but only so they could attain a righteous uh status within the community, not because they actually cared what was going on between their own heart and life 
and between God. It's kind of like when Yeshua, you talked about the story of the guy who, um, you know, made a big show of all the money that he gave, but then the, the sinner went in and he bowed his head and he beat his breast and he said, forgive me, God, a sinner. And he said, that's the guy who goes away forgiven because he was the one that was broken internally. And so they're, they're doing all these righteous actions, but they are, they're, um, the, in the day of your fast, verse 3, you find pleasure and you exact all your labors. So they're focusing on the wrong things. They're still, you know, extracting from those who are serving them what they want, what they need. They're still finding pleasure. They, stra- they fast for strife and debate to smite with the fist of wickedness. So it's not even, it's not even just to like gain, gain religious brownie points. It's actually to do wickedness. You shall not fast as you do in this day to make your voice to be heard on high. So... God can't stand that stuff. He can't, he can't deal with that. And so they, what blows my mind is they don't even realize you know, that they're doing wickedness, that they're doing unrighteousness. They believe that they are the righteous people, that they are doing it right. And so it's the same thing that we need to constantly reevaluate our own hearts and our own lives and our own spirits and our own motivations and our own desires. Are we doing what we're doing to get brownie points with God and to build up a religious status or is it because we actually are broken over our sins the sins of our forefathers the fact that we are living in the diaspora in the chaos of the world in which we live because of our collective sins and our collective disobedience you know we can't ride along idly any longer generation after generation propagating the same same problems and so I believe that's what's happening in today's day and age, as God is drawing out a people for himself back to his Torah to live a different way, to rebuild his kingdom, to restore the paths of righteousness, to build the breach again. You know, God is coming and in, in with his spirit giving us strength and wisdom and discernment and justice to restore all these things. But it takes diligence on our part. It takes inward reflection to look at you know, the disaster of a person you are. And so we, I think, as, as those who are turning back to his commandments, need to be really careful not to get too self-righteous with the fact that, well, now I keep the Sabbath, so look how good I am. And instead be humble, be self-abased before God, understanding that, you know, praise God that he had the mercy on us to show us these things so that we, not of ourselves, can now live a good, meaningful life that serves him and builds his kingdom. So, he says um, in 6, is, this not, it is, is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loosen the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that ye break every yoke? So to, to undo these things, the burdens of life, the burdens of sin, the burdens of wickedness that weigh down those people around us. You know, I was watch, watching a little video and this guy was talking about oh, you know, how I can, you know, uh, I'm not good at witnessing and spreading the gospel. And so I'm going to create these t-shirts to help me get a conversation started with people. I don't know about you guys, but that's just stuff just makes me want to puke. I mean... Forgive me if you like that type of thing, but I can't stand it. I don't know. To me, that's just so fake. 
It's so superficial. It's so, I live on a righteous religious pedestal and I looked around toward to you poor schmuck in the street that, you know, needs something. Instead of understanding that I'm a wicked, terrible sinner too, praise God he saved me, let's actually, and so then now that I'm on the even field with you, poor wicked sinner, and have, a, and have mutual respect for each other, then you can build a relationship, you can build a friendship that with that person, and then you can actually talk like a real human being instead of being like, hey, what's that funny picture on your shirt? Well, let me tell you about Jesus. Uh, you know, I, I hate that stuff. And so, uh, you know, I think in, in, in the Great Commission is not so much, yes, it is to spread the gospel and to teach people that, you know, Yeshua did come to die to save us from our sins, but to make disciples. And so making disciples happens after God's already done a work in them, right? And then it's a, it's, it's a discipling thing. There's a relationship there. There's a mutual growth that happens as you see who and what you are before a righteous God and then try to grow from that. There's a humility. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? I don't know. I just always... You know, Christianity, religiosity of witnessing and Jesus stuff always just made me feel like the creepy crawlies, you know? And that maybe sounds weird, but... Uh, because, <laughs> because the Bible is real. The Bible is real life. The people in the Bible were real. David was real. He lived, he went and lived, was it the Philistines he lived with? For a little while, right? Uh, when he was fleeing from Saul, I think he went and lived with it. You know, so he could go and live with the enemy. Yeah, but somehow walk that fine line. He could, he could build his friends of this ragtag, outcast, you know, rebel rouser crew, his mighty men, but still be a man after God's own heart and do horrible things. That's why I just love David so much. And so he had a humility about him because he knew that it was only God who could save him from himself and intercede on his behalf because it's not within him to do so. And so then when you're on that level with everybody in the real world, you can, you can talk on a real level with everybody on the real world. You know, instead of trying to have, you know, well, I'm fasting this week, you know. It's like, who, who nobody cares. Nobody freaking cares, you know? What are you doing to change anything? What are you doing to relieve the oppressed, the hungry, you know, those that are bound in their chains of wickedness? What are you doing to help lift them out of that? You know, we need a real tangible faith that actually does something on a daily life basis, not, you know, hashtag Christianity on my Instagram account. I don't, know, I don't know if any of this makes sense. I tend to just ramble on this stuff, but I don't know. I think, I think that's why, especially the youth and the kids that I grew up, up up in my generation, and one of the biggest complaints that you hear is hypocrisy. You know, the kids see it especially. They say, you know, and, <clears throat> and I'm not talking about, so there's hypocrisy where people, which is I think what's going on here, they're saying, oh, well, we fasted. And we did all these things, uh, but they're doing something actually completely else in their life. They're saying one thing and they're doing another. 
But then, you know, and that's what people see through. They, and people hate that stuff. And they complain about that within the quote-unquote religious world. And it's legitimate. There's the other side where, and I think what we need to do is, is say, you know what? We're as sinful. We're as bad. We've done it all. We know the darkness. We know that we live in this world that we're the insane asylum of the world that we're trying to walk through and we're in the diaspora. But instead of throwing up our hands and saying, well, everybody's going to hell in a handbasket and let's just join them and I'll do whatever I want anyway, which is what the world lives like and does with a little like wink and a nod towards, well, I'm trying to be a good person, whatever that means. Uh, instead, we need to say, to like our kids and to our family and to our family members that, you know what? Yeah, all this is a disaster and I'm part of the problem and I'm part of what's to blame in all of this. And so, but the, the, so the, the solution and the hard path, but the meaningful and rewarding path is to do something about it, to do the daily work, to change yourself, to change those around you, to stand up against wickedness, you know, to be humble. The easy path is to pretend to be one thing on the right outside, go to church and hashtag my religiousness. Uh, well, I just do whatever the hell I want. You know, my marriage is going to hell. You know, my relationships are bad. I lie. I cheat. I steal. You know, people see through that. People see through the fakeness and the facade. And what's beautiful about the Torah is you can't hide. Well, you can, and we're seeing that more so. But it's more difficult to hide in this day and age, especially in the diaspora, because you start keeping the Sabbath, and it changes your life dramatically in your own life, in your own community, and those around you. And... Um, it sets you apart. And so you need to be humble about it, not a proud, arrogant POS. <laughs> okay, let's keep going. Okay. So he's saying, six, is not this the fast that I have chosen to loose the bands of the wicked, undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? that thou bring the poor that are cast out into thy house. And when thou seest naked, they cover him. That's what I was looking for. You sure were talking about, you know, ha, ha, Lord, how do we know it was you? Or how do we serve you? I'm butchering the passage. And he said, Did, when you fed the hungry and you clothed the naked, you clothed me and you fed me. Eight, then thy light shall break forth as the morning. So this is where the most powerful thing, if you will be humble work on yourself, then from that, take action to do what God says, to build back up his kingdom, to serve his people, then thy light shall break forth as in the morning. And thine health, I found that so interesting, thy health shall spring forth speedily. Because the truth is, when you live rightly, and you decide to stay humble, and you put yourself as a, as a humble state of a servant before God, Everything else tends to start to fall in line, right? And I think you start to live accordingly. And that will include your health. Because you don't want to live riotous living, you know, like the um, uh, prodigal son. You know, I, you eat all the good stuff. You just live for the moment. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. 
And so when you live for the moment, you eat lots of chocolate and you, <laughs> and, or, or whatever your vice is. I don't know. Pick your thing. I've got mine, you know, cheeseburgers. Yeah. Uh, donuts. It's all sugar-coated lies. So I find that so fascinating. Your light will break forth. It will shine without you even trying and people will see it. People will see it. They may not say anything, but it's noticeable. And your health shall spring forth speedily. Thy righteousness shall go before thee. And the glory of Yehovah shall be thy reward. What's our reward? The glory of the Lord. The glory of Yehovah. You know, what's better than that? Did, you know, uh, blah, 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 that commercial. Um, something... Uh, $20. It was a freaking credit card commercial. Don't go into debt. If you're listening to this, it's bad. Um, but it's like a, um, a cup of coffee, $3.99. A uh, trip to Disney World, don't go there. Uh, $8 million. <laughs> the memories you get, priceless. You know, it's all marketing BS as far as I'm concerned. But this is what, what's really true. The glory of the Lord is your reward. You know, there is nothing comparable to that because our reward... Now, the, the truth is, though, all these other things shall be added unto you, but that's not why we do them. That's why it goes back to the beginning of the chapter. We don't do what we're supposed to do from a wrong state of heart to try to get the things. God sees through all of that, and, and it's temporal, and it's fake, and it will fail. If you do what's right from a right heart, all things are added unto you, and the glory of the Lord, Lord is your reward. 9. Then thou shalt call, and Yehovah shall answer. Thou shalt cry, and he shall say, Here I am. If thou take away from the midst of thee the yoke, and the putting forth of the finger, and speaking vanity. So, I find this interesting. You have this correlation here of calling upon God, and him answering if you are living rightly, he'll answer you because you're not speaking vanity. So, because God says that he does not hear the wicked. You know, he does not hear and hear not so much inaudibly hear as much as Shema to speak and act in behalf of here. It means to take correct action. So, you know, God's always listening, but he will take action when you are doing what is right. If you are taking away the yoke, putting, uh, not putting forth the finger, not speaking vanity. <sighs> you know, speaking vanity. I, something, you know, controlling my mouth is something I, ha I have an issue with. And uh, I guess I see it more now because I, talk, I tell the same thing to my children because I'm trying to learn these own lessons. When in doubt, keep your mouth shut because... Uh, it says in the Proverbs, in the, multitude of the in the multitude of words, there is no lack of folly or something to that effect. So maybe we should end right now. <laughs> but it's true, you know, it's true. Speaking vanity. 10. If thou draw out thy soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise. In obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. Yehovah shall guide thee continually, 
Satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I love that. Thy light shall rise in obscurity, and thy darkness be as the noonday. Yehovah shall guide thee continually. You know, that's something we always pray for, something we always ask for. And he will and he does. But you have to be in a condition, in a state in your life, in your heart, where you can be led. You know, it's like kids. You can tell them, and you can ground them, and you can beat them. But unless they want, unless their heart changes, it's just like us. Unless our heart changes, and our will changes, and we are willing to acquiesce, then we can be led. But that doesn't happen until until the condition of our heart and our mind is what it should be. So this is all God trying to show His people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. This isn't the world. you know. He's concerned about His people. And they'll make us, uh, they'll guide us, satisfy our soul, make us fat our bones. We'll be like a water garden, which what? Does what? It produces fruit. That's the whole point. That's why there's so many par- agricultural parables. It's all about, you know, you plant a seed in a good soil and it produces fruit. Twelve. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. And thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. <laughs> So, they'll build up the foundations of many generations. I think that's what's starting to happen right now. The found, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Nothing, because you don't have anything to stand on. But God, I believe, is rebuilding the foundations of His kingdoms, laying on the cornerstone, which is Yeshua, building up His house with His people. As like I've used this analogy before. It's not original to me. When they built the temple, all this... Uh, yeah, when they built the temple, Solomon's temple, all the stones were carved off-site. They were all built off-site, carved off-site, hewn, whatever. And then they were brought and assembled. So there was no chipping and chiseling and hammering going on when they built it. And I think it's the same exact thing that's happening now. We're being worked and honed and shaped and built into what we need to be so that when we, can, when we all come together, it all fits. But you have to be willing for that to happen so that we can build the foundation and the waste places of many, of many generations. It's so true. That way we are the restorers of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. And these paths, you'll, you'll hear um, basically a lot of what it talks about when it talks about these paths is when they would go to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage festivals, they would go out ahead of time and they would um, raise up a highway. They would, they would fill in all the potholes. They would straighten out the roads. They would, um, areas that got washed out, they would repair so that the pilgrims, the sojourners, could walk easily to get up to the temple, to get to the temple of God. 13. So I find it interesting that one of the primary things that he calls out here is the Sabbath. And I believe it's because it's the sign of the covenant between us 
and God is like a Sabbath. This is a day of rest. It's a big deal to God. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of Yehovah, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thy own pleasure, nor speaking thine own words. Now, what does all that mean? Well, therein lies the question. But I think the Bible and God is purposely vague on these points and a lot of different commandments within the Bible because when you're motivated correctly from the heart, you will keep the Sabbath correctly. If you're trying to figure out loopholes of how to get around it, you'll find the loopholes on how to get around it. But if you humbly love your God and want to honor Him and keep His Sabbath, you will figure out between you and your God what it means to not do your own pleasure, not do your own words, nor speak, uh, not find your own pleasure, do your own ways, or speak your own words. 14, then thou shalt delight thyself in Yehovah. That's the other thing. It's a, it's, the Sabbath is a delight. It's not a burden. The commandments aren't a burden. You know, in normal Christianity, we were kind of corporately taught to see that, you know, the, uh, the, the commandments as a burden, and God gave them to those poor Jews because to show them that they couldn't keep them so that they would see that they needed Jesus. And that's not what the intention was at all. <laughs> 14, thou shalt delight thyself in Yehovah, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of Yehovah hath spoken it. So, you know, we need to be humble before God, disciplined in our lives to live as we should, have correct motivations, be truthful with ourselves, be honest with those around us, willing to admit our faults and mistakes that yes we are the problem but we are also not going to stay there and we're not going to give into that not going to give into ourselves not going to give into the immensity of the problems of the world around us we're going to fight ourselves in the strength of god and we're going to fight what's going on around us to rebuild his kingdom and we're not going to be a part of the problem anymore and we're going to be real. We're going to be truthful. And God will work through that. So, I don't know how long we've been going here. We'll wrap it up there, I guess. Maybe we'll get to 59 later. Um, so, I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed that chapter. Hopefully, it was uh, enjoyable for you guys. And you got something out of it. And... Um, I don't know. I've been enjoying going through Isaiah. It's really, really good. And, um, you know, it's interesting, too. I don't know. If you don't, I don't know how it is for you guys, but it, before coming to kind of a Torah-based understanding, none of this was really that applicable to me. You know what I mean? We lived outside of all of that. This was talking to, quote-unquote, Israel. And... You know, we were the church, and so it wasn't applicable in our lives, and so we lived as some detached 
dry branch uh, that had no relevancy in the world, really, and no real effect, I don't think, because you're detached from the power of God's Word. And, you, and so when you don't have that, you don't have the ability to really have any positive effect. You end up making t-shirts to try to, you know, witness people. We don't need t-shirts. We need lives that actually mean and do something. And that'll speak volumes. You know, that and how much money you're making off those t-shirts, you know what I mean? And so, be a skeptic. That's the other thing, you know. Everything that wraps itself in Jesus or a prayer shawl or a ministry is not necessarily your friend. You know, we have to be discerning. The devil's no dummy. You know, he will use any and is using any means possible to trip up those who are trying to serve and obey God. So you got to be discerning. You got to stay close to God. You got to be you got to be wise. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this chapter. Uh, I hope that uh, you can do something with it and uh, that you will apply it in our lives and, and that you, know, you would get the glory, God. Um, work through us, even though we're full of faults and imperfections. Uh, help us to have hearts that long for you, God, and to do what's right, and to be humble and to do what's right. So I just thank you for all these things, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does Oh